This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. The Starbucks Pistachio Latte will transport you to your happy place. The comforting flavor of pistachio, warm espresso, and milk, all with a brown buttery topping. Make today a good day. Order ahead on the Starbucks app. it's electronic because the process is sort of electronic but we a lot of the samples we use you know it's sort of unlike like for Noah's record which we all found inspiring in terms of what he could do with samples you know but for this we were trying to sample more like acoustic instruments so like ourselves playing kind of acoustic things in the practice space so maybe to someone who doesn't know the process it might sound a little more like a kind of going back to like a live playing sort of thing but to us, it feels any more electronic. Sweet summer night and I'm stripped to my sheets. Four minutes leak and my AC squeaks. And a voice from the clock says you're not gonna get tired. My bed is a pool and the walls on fire. And welcome to No Filler. The music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. With me as always is my brother Travis. And today we are covering Animal Collective's album from 2009, Meriwether Post Pavilion. Last week we covered Panda Bear's uh, album Person Pitch that came out a few years before this one. And as uh, Brian mentioned in the intro there, they pulled heavily from what Panda Bear did with samples and how he approached recording Person Pitch uh, when they went about recording Merriweather. So this is one of those albums, Trav, that, I mean, you know, it was inevitable. We were going to cover it. I think it worked out real nice to cover it right after Person Pitch because I think it really... Like this is, to quote what Josh said on our episode last week when we covered Person Pitch, like this is like that sound, but like blown up to like huge proportions. It's just got like a massive feel to it. It's, it's, I think one of the best sounding albums in this genre to come out in the last decade for sure. Yeah. And this is, I think a lot of people's introduction to Animal Collective too. I think it was mine, honestly. I don't think I had really, and, I, and I'm pretty sure you turned me on to this record, but there was something about this sound uh, that sort of elevated them uh, and, and got them some 
some national attention because, you know, they, they made the rounds on the talk shows. Like I remember seeing them do like uh, my girls on either Conan or, or Letterman. Uh, so, you know, they, they, you know, they made it quote unquote with, with this record. Cause you know, there's just something about it. It just sounds so different compared to everything else that was coming out. And it's like, when you know their history and you like know their early stuff and then you hear what Panda Bear did on person pitch, like they basically just married the two, you know, and the sound is just like infectious, man. There's just something about this record. It's so, it's such a great listen. I, I learned a lot about the recording process uh, on this article that I'm, I'm going to be pulling a bunch of quotes from. And yeah, if you, if you're not really familiar with Animal Collective, if you're not familiar with this album, I say jump back and listen to our episode that came out last week, which uh, shout out to Josh Stewart once again for joining us and gushing over Panda Bear's uh, person pitch. One of the reasons why Animal Collective, I mean, they're kind of forced to approach their recording process a bit differently for this album. Uh, so to name off the roster, we've got Dave Portner, uh, also goes by A.V. Tear. Noah Lennox, also known as Panda Bear, and Brian Weitz, also known as Geologist, and Joshua Caleb Dibb, also known as Deacon. So that's Animal Collective, but Deacon, who plays guitar in the band, stepped aside just after uh, the album that came out right before this one, Strawberry Jam. So they lost a member, and they lost a guitar player. So they kind of had to approach recording in a little different way and, and what they decided to do was just kind of take the same approach that that Noah did for person pitch and do a you know heavily sampled mostly sampled electronic record which is something new for them all right Q, well before we get into that let's take a second here to talk about Tiesta T and our partnership with them so yeah we were talking last week about their chai tea and how amazing it was. And I know Q, you finally got your sample box in the mail and you, and you tried out their um, nutty almond cream with, and you made up a, it sounds like you made up a, a nice latte, right? Yeah, dude, the way I did it. So, so this is a herbal tea. It's got like apple, almonds, cinnamon, and I, I steamed up some milk and made it all frothy, threw in a little bit of sugar and some vanilla, dude. That sounds amazing. Dude, I can't fucking express the joy that i had with that first sip man yeah dude it almost tasted like a like a cinnamon oatmeal yeah dude good call because like if you take a if you take a whiff of that stuff it does kind of smell like like oatmeal cookies or something yeah dude yeah i'm drinking the lean green machine right now dude and it's great just by itself just plain really good but yeah what i was going to suggest for those out there go to their website right now and like one of their you know they've got uh, much like many websites, they have a nice slider carousel at the top. And like the second slide, it's got their holiday teas. Dude, we were we were talking about this tea that we read about called Coco Mocha. It's a tiramisu coffee black tea. Mm. And we were reading the ingredients. Let me just share this with you, folks. Black tea, roasted coffee beans, white chocolate, chocolate, sweet blackberry leaves, freeze-dried yogurt, and other natural flavors. But, dude, I mean, how amazing does that sound? It's crazy, dude. Like, there's little yogurt, like, it looks like little Hershey's Kiss uh, yogurt uh, pieces in there. 
And that's all loose leaf. So imagine that all just like melting and, and steeping in the tea. Oh my goodness. <sighs> we got to try that, dude. We got to try it. Anyway, if you have a, a, a tea lover in your life, this is the perfect holiday gift for them. And again, if you go to the website, they've got all sorts of gift, uh, little gift boxes and stuff like that. So they've got the all three of their, their new holiday teas. They've got a, a bundle. It's called the Fire Peppermint Cocoa Bundle. But yeah, they got all sorts of good stuff. Check it out. TiestaTea.com. And again, when you get to the checkout, put in the promo code NOFILLER15 and you'll get 15% off your purchase. Tiesta Tea, a bold tea for a bold you. All right, Q. So you were saying that you did a little digging on um, how they approached the recording process and what made it so unique. Yeah. So for starters, let's name off the three singles. You've probably heard My Girls. It's probably one of their biggest, if not the biggest, their biggest hit. Yeah, I kind of put them on the map in the 2000s. If you don't know Animal Collective, you might be familiar with My Girls. We're not going to play it. We're going to jump right through because I got a lot of songs to play. They also released Summertime Clothes and Brother Sport. At, so those are the three singles. Brother Sport. Uh, maybe we'll play it as the outro unless you had another outro on mine. That song is a, is is so much fun, man. And again, it, it, you know, and we'll talk about this too with the, with these songs. Um, it's more of the same kind of lyrical themes, like very introspective lyrics. Um, it's kind of the way Panda Bear, uh, Noah Lennox approaches his songwriting, right? From what we learned last week. Right. Like Brother Sport is about his brother, right? Daily routine is literally about his daily routine. You know, My Girls is about his girls, right? Anyway, so more of that on this record. So one big thing, uh, I feel like a big contributor to, to, I mean, like the overall feeling of the record and how it sounds has to do with the recording space. So they recorded at a recording studio called Sweet Tea that is in Oxford, Mississippi. Sweet Tiesta Tea? Yep. The way that Dave puts it, he says, Sweet Tea is amazing. It's the vibiest studio I've ever been in. It feels like you're making music in a living room that just happens to have a Neve 8038 uh, recording console in it. It was excellent. So I'm quoting from soundonsound.com. And we've used Sound on Sound before, dude. If you really want to like know everything there is to know about like the equipment used and the studio space and the process, Sound on Sound has a lot of awesome articles on specific albums and, and the recording process. So... Um, you know, so there, it felt like just a one big living room space. They also had like their recording console in the same room as their amps and everything and, and their, uh, samplers and everything. So they plugged directly into that. And the main thing here that I want to focus on before we play our first pick. So they decided to actually trigger all their samples live. So there's points in the record when you can hear them speed up and tempo just slightly or something like that which is it's so cool man yeah i mean that actually makes me think of um on the beginning of daily routine like you can hear them you can hear the the buttons being pushed like you can literally hear it which is so cool so yeah i'm gonna quote ben allen so he's the he's the co-producer uh they're all playing samples and sequences and recorded material with no synchronization protocol between any of their machines They've created all these loops on their little samplers and they play them just like a guitar player would play in time with a drummer. So yeah, they might have like tiny little loops that they press on, that they trigger with their pads, 
you know, but they don't just lay out the entire song as a sequenced like sample. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Brian here, geologist, says everything's not totally locked in and rigid. Even though we try and play it as close to a locked-in way as possible, I think even a casual listener's brain can maybe subconsciously pick up a little bit of a looseness here. That's interesting, and that—that's what gives it that human element, you know. It's so cool, man. And that's what—it's so that, cool. That's, that's what makes it, like you said, like electronic, but like not as structured and, and rigid as something that's been super. You know, a lot of times with electronic music, like there's like the precision element. You know, it's everything is like. I mean, what was that term that you said? Um, a, a a a a looping protocol? Is that what you said? Oh, so, oh uh, that's so. That's what Alan said, the producer. He said there was there was no synchronization protocol. <laughs> synchronization protocol. That just sounds so like clinical, you know, <laughs> robotic. Yeah, right? but I mean, obviously, that's an industry term and probably is referring to tying up all the loose ends and stuff and like making it sound um, more like you said, robotic or whatever. So that I think that's great. And I think that totally adds to the charm of the record and like the sound of it, the, the, you know, the human aspect of it. The best way that I could, I can think of to, to describe what it is, is it's Animal Collective doing an electronic record. You know what I mean? Like only they would do it that way. Yeah, they're, they're, they're using uh, these machines as just other instruments and not like, not like um, tools, maybe if that's the term to use. But you know, you know what I mean. They're they're playing it like it's an instrument, and so there's going to be the the imperfections in there. Exactly. All right, let's quit blabbering, dude. Let's get into it. Yeah. So we're gonna jump straight to track three, one of my favorites, dude. Yeah. This this one always always stands out to me. So we've got two clips to play here. So again, this is track three on Meriwether Post Pavilion. This song is called Also Frightened. Oh 
So one thing I've always loved is how Noah and Dave harmonize. Like it, it, it's almost like it's one person singing. I mean, it's not, but like the way that they mix their vocals together, it's just like, it's just, it almost feels like one entity singing, you know? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because as we heard last week on Person Pitch, Noah is really good at harmonizing with himself, you know? Yeah. So um, it's funny because that's such a a key part of the animal collective sound is the harmonizing, right? That, um, you know, Noah Noah had to to harmonize with himself on his own records, you know, because that's such a part of of, um, the way that he he, uh, approaches melodies and stuff in his head is, is with these harmonies and stuff. So, yeah, you're right. And it's very, it's still very much... Got, it's got that like Brian Wilson, California dreaming kind of, you know, 60s vibes yeah, to it. Right. Uh, and the way they harmonize. So something magical happens pretty soon here. We'll queue up in a second. But let's dive into the lyrics, dude. I know you've got them on the ready. I've never really like, you know, like I pick up words here and there, you know, but I've never really actually read the lyrics. Well, it's exactly, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's it's more of the same as far as uh, these really personal, you know, we're, we're, we're basically just in Noah's head, you know what I mean? Uh, when it comes to everything from, you know, his relationship with his mom, which was what he explored on person pitch, which was a couple of years earlier, but we know that he has these kids. He, he's a new, he's a new father. Right. And so like if a couple more years have passed since person pitch, and this song is literally about taking his kids. He has, he has two two girls i think taking his kids to the doctor's office <laughs> that's what the song is about what it's a commentary on you know as a young dad he's still in awe of and very protective of his children so like the imagery is like you know it sounds like he's 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 talking about this trip to the doctor's office as if it's this like this harrowing adventure or like um this this like dark path that they're having to go to and like he's protective of them and so like taking him to the doctor's office is like this this uh you know this harrowing thing that he's gonna have to do yeah because like, you look at the verse right venture my way into the dark where we can sweat one takes one by the hand let them crawl into the logs that damn brown jeans the hue of their path well very poetic but um dude maybe that's maybe that's what uh av brings to that you know what dude i keep i keep flipping between their stage names and their real names yeah yeah maybe that's something that av brings to the table is the more like poetic uh lyrics you know what i mean now listen to this man the second verse right um now you know i'm i'm going purely off of genius.com uh people's annotations and and the way that people are perceiving these these lyrics but you know it, it seems to hold up Uh, The lyric that says, from our window, two lanterns draw signs on the night, and light are two shadows. I watch with delight. This is, uh, you know, interpreted as the light from street lamps um, and how it allows him to see the the, the two silhouettes of his children and how he's filled with joy. I don't know what time he's taking him to the doctor, but it sounds like (laughs) it's a nighttime appointment or something. It's one of those midnight appointments. Yeah, the classic midnight appointment. Here's a here's a classic to me, panda bear type lyric. Will I want them to be who they will be, or to be more like their dad? I love that line. Yeah, dude, I love that line. And you know, it's it's probably something that every dad wonders and every mom wonders. Like, do I want them to be 
like me, you know, or do I want them to be their own person, you know? Right. I, I you know, m- my guess is most, most parents want them to be their own person um, in some regard, right? But yeah, I mean, that, that again, it's like we're just, it's like we're inside his brain, you know what I mean? And he's just sharing this stream of thought w- with us, you know, stream of consciousness almost. Yeah, and speaking of that, dude, stream of thought, like this next clip, dude, from this song is probably my favorite moment in an Animal Collective song. It's It shows off their, like, mastery in, in repetition, dude. Like, no one does it like them. Yes, and, and this record exemplifies that. Yes, dude. Here is clip two from Also Frightened. some of the biggest goosebump leads i think i've ever gotten first time i heard that song dude yeah because you just didn't know when it was gonna stop yeah dude like like the the third time that he repeated yeah that phrase because he, he says each phrase is like two are oh, you also frightens you know because he says it. yeah and then the second time it's he, a little he, higher he, pitched yeah, yeah yeah the third time that he went through that loop and then he continued doing it i was like like what this is unbelievable. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so simple. I, I feel like I think Josh actually commented on this last week. Was like, you know, it's such a simple thing to just repeat something, but like they do it with with such like mastery. You know, there's an escalation of it too with each repetition. There is, yeah. and then it kind of gets to this like this uh, this uh, Christian though, I guess, at the very end when it then transitions abruptly back to no one should call you a dreamer that that the chorus number two is what they're saying but that's how the song closes out but yeah yeah what a great song man something else i thought that was pretty cool that's a little bit unorthodox in like recording practices uh says here that animal collective set up its pa systems in the control room in an attempt to replicate the group's live sound and uh brian says since so much of the album was electronic and sample-based, we used those PA speakers to make the samples. So from what I gather from that, they had a mic facing the PA speakers and they recorded what was coming out of the PA speakers when they were making the samples. So the samples themselves had the ambience and reverb you know, of these loud PA speakers 
bouncing off the walls in the control room. And that got picked up in the recorded samples. So, and then when they take those samples and record them with their, you know, trigger pads and whatever else, those samples are going to sound huge and have so much like depth and again, like reverb and like more of an like organic feel because it's not coming straight from the synthesizer program. It's coming from a recording of their speakers. I might be completely off on that. And if someone with more like audio engineering know-how than me is listening, please uh, correct me if, if you have a better idea of what, what they're saying here. But but yeah, I mean, it, it is like you're saying, it, it's just such a, I don't want to say wall of sound because that's sort of a reserved term for shoegaze, but like- Or Phil Spector. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of have that quality of it though, where it's just like, you're just washed over with the sound, this, this wall. I'm going to say wall of sound, dude, I don't care. Yeah, I, no, I think it it's works too because- yeah. They recorded a lot of the live percussion in this really narrow hallway in Sweet Tea. It says basically one side of the hallway was wood and the other was metal. It was really narrow, but it also had a high ceiling. We listened to our footsteps in there and thought it had a really good sound and we wanted to put the mark of the place on the record. So that's one thing. They have live live percussion uh, samplings and recordings from this super narrow, really reverby hallway. And they also construct a lot of the beats one part at a time. So Noah would go in and with just a tom and a snare, and he'd hit the tom and the side of the snare, and then we might layer that eight or nine times. A lot of the size of the percussion sounds is because there's a close mic and maybe two room mics on one instrument overdubbed eight times. So you might have 24 tracks representing one part. Hmm. So 24 tracks could go into one tom and snare hit. So you want to talk about a wall of sound, dude? Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. That's awesome. It's hard to wrap your head around how they how do they make this sound? This large just how do they make this sound, man? Like also frightened just just this song alone just sounds so big, you know? I don't know how they do it, man. You and I caught them on this tour too. And I just remember that was it, man. You were just if you saw them live back then, right? I just remember that's what it was. It was just this you're just overcome with with the with the wall of sound. Well, yeah, and to, and to touch on their live shows, dude, like they're never going to play one of those one of their songs as it sounds, you know, on the recording. And a lot of times, they will take new songs that aren't even recorded yet and play around with them on stage during performances before they sit down and record. I'm going to quote Brian again here, geologist. He says. There aren't a lot of rules in our songs. We have effects processors on stage. Some nights, if you're bored of doing the same thing you did the night before, you can try and play around with a different effect or trigger a loop differently to see how it works with timing. Occasionally, those experiments on stage work and they make their way into a song. I think that just goes back to their, the way they approach their songs and the way that even their songs are, are constantly evolving um you know just the, with the way that they that they play them live and i think that lends itself to like a more human feeling electronic album you know right like i know that they brought a lot of these Meriwether songs to their live sets before they went to sweet tea studio and you know those are the kind of experiments that they're doing on stage that probably made made its way to quite a few of these songs totally all right let's play next our next one dude 
I feel like I'm just like dropping all these quotes left and right. I'm just like getting them all out of the way, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah, I, I feel like we're, we're, we're excited about this record. I think, you know, so we're <laughs> yeah, sort dude, of wanna, getting ahead of ourselves quite a bit. I want to get all these quotes out there so that you can like, like keep, keep these facts in mind while you listen to these songs. Cause there's just so much, so much magic, dude, <laughs> that goes on yeah. in an animal collective song. I think maybe my second favorite song is this next one that we're going to play. Uh, this one is track five on the record. It's called Daily Routine. We got two clips for this one as well. one still gets me dude i know man i was about to say uh, i just got goosebumps just right there <laughs> um yeah, dude. there's just uh one thing i always love is when is when the uh the percussion changes at the start of uh, i think the verse oh yeah yeah yeah. um you notice a change in the in the in the percussions mm-hmm. and it just it's just awesome dude it just sounds great and um you know you know if you saw them live like they're doing the percussion right there you know a lot of times they're kind of you know, they've got like drum pads and drum, uh, I'm pretty sure like both like Noah and, and maybe one of the other members had like these drum machine drum pads with them that they would just be banging right live. And I'm sure that's how they did it in the studio too. Yeah. Dude. But, um, now dude, do they have an actual proper drummer? That's probably a dumb question. No. Okay. That, and that's, what's fucking cool. Right. So like they don't, they don't have a proper drum. So it's, it's, it's a floor Tom. It's a snare drum. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, a, you know, a couple floor toms um you know on stage but no they don't have yeah so they're up there doing doing that um you know between the three of them kind of kind of playing these these random uh drum kit you know pieces from the drum kit you know that always to me lends itself to like that i've always described them as like having like this tribal feel yeah you know yeah I totally. that to me I think that that kind of percussion I always always feels like that to me. Yeah, and I think the way that they experiment with their vocals as a group just in general sort of speaks to that kind of, you know, harkens back to like the tribal type stuff, you know, where the the vocals are the, the voice is used as an instrument, you know. Yeah. So Avitar and Panda Bear are the only they're the only two that sing just to throw that that out there. Geologist is really just like the synth wizard like like that's what he's doing the whole time is just hitting synth 
pads and doing all kinds of crazy stuff on his little synthesizer. And dude, I just I gotta bring this up because I've always thought it was cool. Geologists would always have like a miner's flashlight headband. So you would always see his head bobbing around with like his light yeah. uh kind of going back and forth. And he would use that to be able to see his uh you know keyboard and synthesizer a little bit better on stage. Alright, so I'm gonna read up on that the really cool water droplet kind of sample thing that starts off the song and how it kind of speeds up. It's kind of a cool uh the way they approach this. So I think this is Ben Allen, the producer. He says, daily routine starts with this little arpeggiated synth thing and the sound of a water drop. The guys had this really specific idea about what they wanted to do. And so we cut up the arpeggiation into individual notes and just put a mic up and recorded Dave making water drops happen in the sink. (laughs) Then we cut those into individual samples and I went into Logic and wrote a tempo map that that accelerated over the course of 30 to 60 seconds. So the song starts and you hear one little note of the arpeggiation and one little water drop, and then they slowly speed up until it goes into the song. Wow. So that's actually all programmed out in a, quote, tempo map. So I guess he builds up this tempo, uh, this map that is accelerating over the course of 60 seconds, or however, or however long until until it ends so that would have just kept if he did increase that to like 90 seconds 120 seconds it would have just kept going faster and faster that's awesome but that's cool that's cool that it's they actually picked up an actual like they were you know recorded water droplets in the sink yeah yeah that's cool all right man if you thought that that repetition was unreal and also frightened and just you know caught you off guard just wait clip two here i'm about to play daily routine this is definitive my favorite animal collective moment dude hands down it just period yep all right i think so dude let's hear it all right here we go clip two from daily routine
let me tell you what always gets me about this one, dude. First off, like the the spacious, like enveloping, reverby, just bouncing off the walls sound that they get. Yeah, it just really. I mean, it really like pulls you in, and it is it's very like drony, like hypnotizing, and this really showcases that you know human like feel that they were going for by by deciding to trigger these samples live while they recorded it there's like an ebb and flow in like the tempo you know like in the way he he holds a line for a little bit longer before repeating it mm-hmm. it's not in perfect tempo the whole time it it yeah. it slows up and and he he'll he'll hold hold on to words a little bit longer this the third or fourth time around it just it's it's beautiful dude again dude like you you know like we've been saying this whole time like the human element of this record and just in general i think that's what that's what, uh, if you were to to use a word to describe animal collective i think that could be it just human you know there's so many things and ways that they experiment with their with their voice you know especially some of the early stuff that the record sung tongues that we that we covered a while back that is such a fun album dude but yeah and and just thinking of them like like i don't know how much they would they would lay down in one go you know what i mean like i know that they they would record these tracks live but i don't know how much they went back and layered on top of it but like just thinking of them all three of them in this living room recording space all like physically triggering these pads you know what i mean like for each go around of of these rep, rep, like repetitive moments it's just so cool dude like that's something that's hard to pull off live for you know there's there's artists like electronic artists that that don't even try to do this stuff live they'll they'll even like bring just their laptop and press a button you know and just maybe trigger one loop for the whole song and you know what i mean like it's, uh, yeah. it's just so cool that they are experimenting with you know knob knob turning and synth triggering in the studio while they're recording it and they just they leave in those imperfections and they leave in those weird effects that they tried something you know they try something slightly different they leave it in and that's again like what gives it that human feel you know yeah exactly anyways man i love that song so much so this one i threw in at the last minute because i had forgotten how great this song is and i want to play it because it's a little more simple. I think it's it, it focuses their uh, harmonizing a little bit more. It's not so much of a wall of sound on this one. And I love they do like this kind of round robin effect. I don't know if that's what it's called, but you know where where two different people are seeing different things simultaneously, and it all kind of connects together. This one is called Guy's Eyes. <laughs> Oh, 
another thing they do really well, dude. The way they loop their vocals are so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I, you know, I'm not all that familiar with their early stuff. To, have they always experimented with looping or is that sort of unique to this record? They absolutely have, yeah. Okay. I actually caught them, must have been three or four years ago now. They did a tour. It was just Noah and Dave and they did this tour where they played sung tongues in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just them. They were sitting down the whole time and it's just them, their, their acoustic guitars. And yeah, they were, they were looping the whole time to create all these like layered vocals and stuff. Cause it's just, it's just them two who sing. Yeah. I love this song. It's got like some really, really great, like beach boys kind of vibes to it and the way that they like orchestrate their harmonizing. Have you ever heard this one, dude? I have. It's just been a long time because um, I, I haven't hit play on this record in years. So I'm kind of listening to it to it fresh. But yeah, I remember this track. Totally. Well, I got one more clip from it because I like the way it go where, where it heads to. And there's just a lot more really cool like layered vocals that happen. So here's clip two from Guy's Eyes. Yeah, I like that um, the vocal play with like, you know, some of them are kind of in the background yelling these sort of random lines, right? Yeah. They're sort of um, playing off of each other. There's really no other band that that does this. You know, they really are unique. It really just, it it comes down to their approach to to their recordings and how they use their, you know, synthesizers and and the way they, they use looping pedals and all that. And it's the repetition, dude. This has just been a, a love fest, dude, for these songs. Like, I feel like we're talking, I'm, I'm talking like a mile a minute here trying to. Yeah, trying to articulate. Just gushing over this yeah. album, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of those records that to me, you know, I typically go, sometimes I'll go a few years without listening to it. And then I'll push play and I'll be like, God damn, if this wasn't such a special record, you know, and it just, there's nothing else like it, you know, and, and it really stood out. In that era, this was right before the 2010s, so kind of the 2009. This is right when we started 
uh, New Dust, the music blog that we talked right when we started, dude, the yep. same year. So um, we were right there for it. I'm sure we covered it on the blog, but um, but yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think about Panda Bear, how important he was to to this to not only this sound of like the the sampling right and sort of the electronic aspect added to the sound of like this kind of a kind of indie sound right but then how person pitch sort of paved the way for chill wave which was such a huge thing in the 2010s it's kind of crazy to think about here's what's even crazier dude we have to thank customs in portugal for his guitar getting held up everything goes down comes down to customs yeah in portugal it's kind of nutty yeah but it's that's true. chill wave started because his guitar got held up in portugal the things dude that happen in life man you know? butterfly effect dude <laughs> all right so i got a quote here to kind of wrap up what makes this album so special if we haven't done a good job good enough job doing it ourselves and then i'm you know what dude i have one more song to play but okay uh here's something that ben allen says again he's the producer He says, what they do is not like traditional songwriting. They're not pop music artists by any stretch. The experience of these songs together in an album is more important than the experience of one particular moment in a song. They're looking at this as a piece of art they've made, and it happens to have 11 songs on it. Modern music rarely does that anymore, and I think that's really cool. I mean, that's just what we preach here, dude. Mm -hmm. I think the album's... For the most part, the albums that we cover on on No Filler are going to be those albums that are worth diving into as one piece, right? Like, listen to the whole album. And with Animal Collective, they're treating each album like one piece of art. All right, man. So this one's going to be short and sweet. I just wanted to squeeze this one in at the end. Another one of my favorites. This is track 10 on the album. This one's called No More Runnin'. Oh, 
Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard that in a long, long time. But um, I love that song. When Panda Bear chimes in, his little piece that he adds to it. The way they like drag out that word. Yeah. And just kind of like. Go up with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do it. I almost did it. But you're welcome. I'm gl- uh, I, you know, I, I feel good about not doing that just now. I yeah, you did. should feel good about that. But no, um, it, you know, it's just, I'm going to just say the word delightful. <laughs> there we go. I don't know, man. It's just a, it's just a, just a joyful experience to listen to this record. I was about to quote Dave Sampson from the, Gar- I'm sorry, Dave Simpson from the Guardian. You took the words right out of his mouth, dude. Joyful. Yeah. He says it's a joyful, transcendent record. Transcendent. That's good. Somehow reminiscent of kids let loose in a musical sand pit. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's kind of how childlike they, yeah, wonder they, they approach it with a lot of playfulness. They've always this seems like that's core to to Animal Collective. Oh right? yeah, dude. Like they'll just make noises, you know, like right. hoops and hollers. Yeah, as an instrument, these guys are just having fun, man. And yeah, I'm guessing they've known each other for a long, long time, right? I know we talked about this on the Song Tongues record, but like. One of the songs that we played from Sung Tongues, probably the one that I was like, what am I hearing? It just sounded like some friends having fun with, you know, a recorder, you know, things that you would do like when you're just screwing around as a kid with friends and you got your um, talk and speak or whatever. What was that thing that Kevin McAllister has in Home Alone? Talk Boy? Talk Boy, talk yeah. Boy. Yeah. You know, it's just like you're, you're just goofing around, playing around with your Talk Boy. And that's what it sounded like. On on the Sung Tongues record. Oh yeah, dude. Um, obviously, I'm I'm joking a little bit, but like I really appreciate the way that they approach songwriting because it's it's so unique and they they don't take themselves seriously. I feel like you really can't. That like, this kind of music doesn't happen. If you're if you're taking yourself too seriously, you you don't get you don't get Animal Collective if if they're you know approaching it all like methodically. I mean, I, yeah, okay, there's a methodic I, approach it, to it, but like it's it's, it's hard to say it, you know because it it almost sounds like an insult, but it's not like it's right. It's what makes it so fun to listen to these guys because you can you you can tell they're having a blast, you know, with it. Yeah. All right, man. That's it. That is our love letter to Meriwether Post Pavilion. This goes without saying, but if you have not heard this record all the way through, like now is the time to do it, right? If you haven't been convinced yet, there's a ton of great stuff on this record that we didn't even mention. Yeah, and and I'll say like these songs, like you know, like like their producer was was saying, it's it's a piece of art. Yeah, these songs that we played tonight are even more. They have even more like an impactful like effect on you when you're listening to them one after the other and the way that they all fit together. Yeah. This is a record that, that, that I think demands your attention and track one in the flowers. Yeah. That song is intense. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's weird. And right. it's just, it just kind of makes you, it makes you feel kind of off, which is like the perfect way to start off an animal collective record. Especially when you're looking at the album cover, you know? <laughs> right. It's an optical illusion, one of those classic optical illusions. Yeah, classic optical illusion. But yeah, pull up the record, find a big image of it, or if you have it, you know, grab it and hold on to it and stare at it as you're listening to this record because it probably adds to the experience. Yep. But yeah, uh, one of the best records of the decade. I'm going to, let me name off here. I just, I mean, I was reading this and it just kept going, dude. As far as like 
top album lists. Yeah. The UK music magazine Clash named it album of the year. So did Spin Magazine, Entertainment Weekly, and KEXP. That's your radio station, dude. That's my radio station. And there's quite a few other lists, of course, that it that it made it to. Yeah. I mean, it, if it wasn't, you know, a top album, it was highly praised at least, right? Oh, yes. I, I would love to see, see a publication out there that tanked it, that gave it a low score. Like, it's, I don't think it's possible, dude. I dare you to do it, you know? <laughs> All right, that's it, man. Wrap that puppy up. Dude, next week we're going to get even weirder, man. Yeah, we are going to get weirder. In like a, a shantytown pirates kind of way. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that later. Yeah. But we're going to cover Man Man next week. Yeah, and I, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but because I know we teased this episode. Oh, that's right. Weeks and weeks ago because we had, we, we had recorded it. We weren't happy with it. Yep, we didn't do it justice, so we're gonna we're gonna redo it. Yeah, I had this wild idea to just uh, play one song and split it into three clips because, like, it and had I like did... three it had like three like distinct movements. Yeah, yeah, I I went with it, but it didn't work out. Man, man has such a there's so many great songs, you know. Yeah. In order for us to really sell these guys to you, because I feel like it's gonna be a, they're a hard sell, a little bit of a pitch. They yeah. they are a hard sell. Yeah, uh, we need to we need to to showcase at least three or four songs. So from multiple records. from a couple of records. Yeah. So we're gonna bring uh, some songs from Six Demon Bag and Rabbit Habits next week from Man Man. That's gonna be fun, dude. I'm excited to to, to redo it. So yeah, a little peek behind the curtain, my friends. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. These recordings don't work out, you know. We're not perfect. Yeah, and you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna put an episode out that doesn't hit the the already low bar, <laughs> the already <laughs> low bar for no filler. So yeah, next week, man, man, and then we'll kick off our our year end episodes, dude. So yeah, throughout the rest of the year, we're gonna be bringing all of our favorite songs from this year. Best of twenty twenty one. That's gonna be my favorite time of year, man. Yeah, dude. It really, it's the most wonderful time of the year in, in many different ways. And you know what? It, I feel like it's lost a little bit of its magic because this is the first year that we decided to do monthly What You Heard episodes because that's pretty much the format. Yeah. But we're going to be bringing a bunch of new songs. We might bring some some artists that we've covered, but it's going to be all songs from this year. And man, I've got some doozies, dude. Yeah. And we're going to basically over the span of four episodes... Four weeks, we're going to throw 40 tracks at you. So 10 tracks a week. So it's just a ton of music. It's a blast because you're going to hear a bunch of different styles, a bunch of different genres. I know for a fact that, that you know, I've got some stuff on here that Q, you would never bring in a million years, <laughs> which means metal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, so that'll be good times. That'll be starting in a couple of weeks. Uh, and that's how we'll close out the year. So yeah, that was um, that was Animal Collective, Meriwether Post Pavilion. Go listen to the record if you haven't already, or if you have, and you, you know it's been a while, cue it up. You know, yeah, for sure, it does not disappoint. It never disappoints. Revisit this record. All right. Well, uh, like we mentioned earlier, go visit tiestatea.com. Get yourself some tea. I mean, this is like some artisan level tea, dude. The blends that they're making is just, I mean, unreal. It's it's great, man, and I I've been so blown away by the by the quality uh, of the the few cups that I've tried so far. So yeah, tiestatea.com. Buy some tea for yourself. Buy some tea for you know the tea drinker in your life. You know the holiday season's just around the corner. 
go check it out. They, they've got these great holiday flavors that they just released. I'm literally about to to hit purchase right now. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I want to buy that that uh, that sample pack of the uh, of the holiday teas because it just sounds freaking amazing. But um, yeah, in the checkout, use no filler fifteen, and you'll get fifteen percent off your your purchase. So again, that's tiestatea.com. Uh, we'd also like to thank uh, AKG for sponsoring the network. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcast.com. Yeah, you'll see us on there, and then you'll see a bunch of other great music-related podcasts uh, for you to enjoy. That is the network for all things music-centric when it comes to podcasts. And that's it. Also, if you want another way to listen to our podcast other than Spotify or iTunes or however you listen, you can go to our website. It's back up. I've redone it. It's really just a, a web player for the pod. It is super clean, my man. Thank you. I like it. I like the way it looks, dude. Yeah, I threw, you know, one thing you'll get on here that maybe you, maybe you didn't get um, on the old website is, you know, I've got lists to all of our playlists. Uh, I've got the What You Heard episodes uh, kind of sectioned out, you know, in their own little category. But yeah, nofillerpodcast.com. And then follow us on Instagram, too. So, you know, just do all these things we're telling you to do, please. <laughs> Instagram.com, you know the website. Look for us. You'll find us on there. Just search No Filler Podcast and follow us on Instagram. And that's that. So, um, yeah, we're going to have, I think we're going to have. Let's do Brother Sport. Brother Sport. Yeah. So Brother Sport's going to close us out. This was a single on the record, but it's just a fun song. It's a great way to end the show. Next week, we'll we'll come at you with Man Man. That's going to be a fun show. Um, you never heard anything like him. That's for sure. <laughs> I can't so wait. Come come back next week and we'll we'll talk to you then. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. See y'all next week. Open up your open up your open up your throat and let the all of that time, all of that time, all of that time go. I know it sucks to daddy's dumb, but try to think of what you want. You got to open up your open up your open up your throat. Man! Open up your 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 open achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill?
kill. Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.